Well, dude, I appreciate the time and obviously want to dig into the new album and, and get caught up in the world of Des Fafara. But uh, I guess we got to start with this whole pandemic thing and uh, probably your longest break in almost 30 years, right? Yeah, incredible. I mean, I haven't been this home or, or home this long, excuse me, in 30 years. And it's been, you know, it's been intense on the nation and on everybody. I mean, um, I've got brothers and sisters out here in the IE that are school teachers and such. And, uh, you know, nieces and nephews that, you know, are just now getting ready to go back to school. It's been pretty devastating. I've watched my ex-drummer was in the hospital for four days uh, on a ventilator. My One of my bass players that worked with me for a minute filling in with a guy who got sick uh, is actually on his ninth day of COVID. It's been intense on the nation and on everybody, you know. And, and yeah, this is the longest I've ever been home. And uh, speaking of health, uh, Mrs. Fafara doing great? Absolutely, and thank you for, for asking. Uh, for those of you guys who don't know, my wife uh, went through uh, two cancer surgeries at once last year, came out of it, and actually about a month and a half ago, Mike got her all clear, her first all clear, because we Yay. couldn't go into the hospitals, you know? Great to hear, great to hear, man. That's good news. Thank, thank, thank you, brother. She's my world. Yeah, I know, I know, and it, it, it's so, going to be lame to say as metal dudes, but it's so sweet. It, you two are kind of inspirational as a, as a couple, as a metal guy. And, it, you know, you guys, that you can see the love, whether it's together or through photos or through social media, but your guys' love is definitely a special one and, and uh, wanted to get a checkup on her. So, yay that she's got the I, I here. I appreciate it, brother. Look, I'm Italian, and I was always told, you know, a good woman will make in, a bad woman will break in. I just so happened she came in when I was a, you know, gunslinging, young, you know, insane person and reeled me in a little bit. And, uh, you know, we've raised uh, three kids to get three boys together, and it's been a, a wonderful life. So I'm glad she's here with me. She's happy, healthy, and, and we're going through a pandemic and social unrest and, you know, album releases and all sorts of things together. So thanks for that, Mike. I appreciate it. And to anybody who out there who may be listening, you know, who may be struggling through cancer or their loved one like just keep your head up try to stay positive try to eat right try to try to do right by them and keep your head up you know that's that's the way to get through life is just try to be positive glass half full always guys yeah for sure for sure that's one thing that i love that you always spread that that positivity and speaking of family let's get into the album a little bit and obviously i don't have any kids myself but i would kind of imagine it's every father's dream come true to be able to perform with their son like you and blade cutting up i guess the appropriately titled you give me a reason to drink but did did he inspire that song title or, or were no, n- no, but he was in the studio the whole time when we were recording. And um, the last time he guested, Mike was on a song called fighting words, which we always play live. And he guested on that song when he was nine and he had an intense growl, uh, an intense screaming voice. But now the kid's 23 years old. Uh, he's actually recording his first record. That's going to be out uh, probably next year, 2022. And um, you know, that song actually a reason to drink that's on the new record dealing with demons. that comes out October 2nd, little, little, push there is that um is that you know you know you've always had those days you know let me get home let me get and i'm sober now but let me get home let me get a beer and two shots to back it like i've had i've had a a crappy day you know but having that kid on there was incredible his lows are lower than mine his highs are higher than mine his clean voice is absolutely distinctive and incredible so i'm looking forward to passing the torch and letting that kid get out there and do his thing but it was it's great in the family to have him walk out because i record at home i've got a studio here Uh, i don't like to leave home very much man mike i'm very private you know me, you know, yeah. and, and him walking out that day to his mom going, you know, I killed it. And then we went back in and listened. He really did kill it on that song. So I'm looking forward to people hearing it. Yeah, it's it's great. And, and the entire album is great. And, you know, I remember you telling me about this last summer when we talked, but it, has this one been done for a while? Have you been kind of and then the, I imagine this pandemic kind of make you sitting on it even longer. 
It has, man. Look, it's been done since uh, mid to late 2019. And then it's like, okay, cool. We're ready to do this. We're going to put out a double record, staggered release. We're going to stay on the road for three years. And it's like, oh, no, we're not. we got to cancel some tours because here come the wildfires. And I live in Marietta. Right. So we had to vacate our house and, you know, dogs, rescue dogs and cats. i got a great day in a Doberman. You know, kids, dogs, cats screaming. And we're, you know, we're leaving down the street as people with bullhorns are going, get out. So then we come home. We're like, okay, we're done with the wildfires. we got a double record. Let's go on tour. Oh, we've got cancer in the family. Okay, let's rally together. Let's take care of the matriarch, uh, my wife, who's the rock of the family. After we beat that and came through that, we're like, all right, let's do it. Now a pandemic hits, civil unrest. I mean, you know, it's been one thing after another. But the good thing is, is the record, both of them were done in the can at the time. Because had they not, I mean, obviously, I haven't seen my band in like about eight or nine months. We, we talked yesterday and everybody was like, man, I miss you. I miss you. And it's been unbelievable. But, you know, it's all in the can. It's all ready. And the first one drops October. October 2nd. And it's been incredible, Mike. Like we just spent 11 weeks at number one on the metal charts, holding some very large bands at bay. And that metal charge, or that metal chart, you know, full well is, is album driven. And yeah. we've been driving it with a single. So it's a really big deal, you know, and there's been a lot of a lot of nine out of tens and 10 out of tens. And I, and I say this, like the funny thing is the second one, volume two is actually, that's my baby. I wanted that one to come out first, but there was a couple songs on this one that we wanted to come out first. So that's why we ran with volume one and it's getting the high marks and I'm very very appreciative. Well, dude, I got to tell you, by far my favorite tune, the tune I keep going back to, and I love hearing it from you, is Wishing, a little clean singing. Yeah, right on, man. I mean, look, I made a statement in 2002, I believe, after, uh, you know, being in Coal Chamber, and that was a lot of my style, some clean singing stuff, that I would never do that in Devil Driver. But, man, I, I laid this track, and hour after hour after hour, doing it different ways, I finally walked out. I told uh, I told my guy in there, my producer, I said, just push go. And I came in, and I laid the verses clean, and then the, the chorus is real heavy. There's just something about metal that's going on now that I try to stay away from, and that's like this heavy verse and this real clean chorus. And, you know, I know I'm talking to a radio station right now, right? But it's like, that's actually to get on the radio. That's actually to make a move like that. And I didn't want to do that. But this thing artistically demanded me to do that. It's one of my favorite songs too, Mike. But we tried to lay it in so many different ways. I mean, heavy and screaming. And finally, I came in and just laid it the way that it needed. And I realized at that point, like, okay, let's not limit ourselves to to anything. And let's make sure that we do what we need and what's best for the music. Yeah, it really feels like a lot more variety on this album. And I imagine part of that comes with, you know, second album with this lineup and kind of opening up the playbook, so to speak. Yeah, it was unbelievable. What I said to these guys has been a long-time brand. A lot of bands around 10, 20, 15 years, they make the same record over and over. We certainly do not. We have our own sound, but every record is different. This one, I actually said, forget about the brand. Don't think about Coca-Cola. Don't think about what the label wants. Don't think about what the fans want. You guys put everything that you've got in, all your influences, and all do the same. And that includes, you know, I can sing my ass off clean, so when it's needed hey, we'll get it. And it just so happened that everything came together, man. When I first started getting the music from these guys, I was like, okay, this stuff is really different and really fresh. And that was the the way, the direction that we were going, you know. And, and you mentioned the lineup change. I mean, I've, I've had one one small lineup change in almost 22 years. So I don't know if people have been married or had a job for 22 years, but that's, you know, it's pretty good. And this new lineup is really, really killer, man. Yeah, cool to see like Neil pitching in on Nest of Vipers and contributing and just kind of, like I said, opening up more like different guitars tones and sounds and stuff on this 
on top of the Yeah, pretty unbelievable, man. Uh, it was the first time I've ever uh, collaborated on lyrics with a cat in my band, and it was great to do that with him, man. And that's that's how you got Nesta Vipers is a collaboration. Very much a democracy in this band, you know? And, of course, we got to give a shout-out to uh, Mikey for chipping in, doing a lot of the producing on this end this time around, too, right? Yeah, but he just he does a lot of the pre-production um, stuff uh, when it comes to that and, and co-producing. It's incredible, him. We actually, uh, the Oracle management, I mean, we take care of Cradle of Filth and some real big bands, but uh, we actually handle Mike as well on the side as a producer because he's incredible, and, and he's brought some incredible guitar tones to this record. I mean, the drumming is unbelievable on this thing. So, look, we really just put our best foot forward. We knew that we were putting out a double record. That's a lot to bite off, and doing it a staggered release as well is a lot to bite off, not releasing it all at once, and I just wanted to make sure that people got from Devil Driver, like, literally the best, and I've always said this about this band from the beginning, that the later records will grow and get better. There's just two types of bands. There's Guns N' Roses who will never beat Appetite for Destruction and then other bands who, you know, get better with age. I mean, Clutch is one of them, you know? Every record they lay is getting better, getting better. So I think Devil Driver is one of those kind of bands and look, I'm humbled, I'm appreciative to even be in it this long but now having this thing, uh, having this thing stay like for 10, 11 weeks on the number one spot, getting a lot of love everywhere right now, a lot of 9 out of 10s and 10 out of 10s. So it's a really big deal for a band that's been around, you know, a while. So it's making some, it's making some dance and we're kicking up dust which is what we're supposed to do in heavy metal i, I love it i love the new album and you were kind of almost born to to get better as you went because you didn't never really had your time in the garage so to speak where most bands go through that garage period day one with this band it was like album out and on the road and doing it so you kind of really had to learn more on the job with devil driver Absolutely. And a lot of people don't know when I laid the last Cold Chamber record, Dark Days, uh, in 99, I want to say, or 2000, I was going home from the studio in L.A., driving all the way to Santa Barbara, then going up into the mountains of San Ynez at night and laying the Devil Driver stuff, Devil Driver demos. So, yeah, we only had a, a minute in the sun before we could put out the first record, and thus things needed to grow, you know, and especially with this added bits of guys to the lineup now, it's just, it's absolutely incredible. Look, the vibe is incredible, the music is is incredible and we kind of know where we're going on the next few records as well and i think people are really going to enjoy them you know just looking in the rear view mirror for for one second and obviously uh this year and next year are going to be spent towards the uh double album but i don't know scratching my head here going 2023 would would be the 20th anniversary of that first self-titled album would you ever do that that anniversary tour or, or is that nah i would never do that kind of thing you know, we've been talking about those things because my wife and I in February, first of all, we saw this whole pandemic thing coming when we told people the United States would be shutting down and they all thought we were insane. You know, uh, we started a company called Oracle Live and have been doing a lot of streaming. I mean, we were Vakken's partner. We did Body Count. We did, we've done a ton of bands and we've been talking about doing that, like going in, doing a live stream for people because we've got exclusives with all sorts of venues all over the country. So like, for instance, the whiskey in LA, nobody can use that but Oracle Live. So going into the whiskey, doing a live stream and then after we do one of like all the hits or whatever it is all the favorites right going in and doing records like from the first record all the way through now should i tell you that should this pandemic continue there's no touring obviously this year there's no touring the first second quarter which is market march april may next year in the united states from what i hear and i hear that maybe not even next year at all the 
this is what I'm hearing, wow. that clubs may not open, which I hope does not happen to our industry because I got crew guys and I got bus drivers and I got everybody going out of business, right? But if that does uh, by chance happen, we're just going to start laying out uh, live streams once every two or three months and doing all the records. And that's really where it's going to, you know, I think. You can't, you can't just sit around. You've got to do something to get yourself in people's living rooms, on people's phones, if they can't come to the clubs. And I mean, nobody misses. Nobody misses live music more than me. Nobody, but nobody misses pulling up at a truck stop at 3 a.m. in the morning with four other uh, four other buses behind us and everybody jumping out and getting crappy snacks and laughing and like I miss the camaraderie of touring. It's very much a pirate ship. I miss it. I've been that's all I know for 30 years. But look, I mean, if we've got to change, and I hate this word, the new norm, right? Because I don't want it to be. But if it is, then we've got to get on. We got to get on the TV screen. So it looks like we're going to be doing some live streaming coming up soon. Awesome. That was obviously a thing I was leading up to as well. So great to hear that the live streams will be coming. And, you know, uh, speaking speaking of uh, Oracle Management, you've touched on that a few times. Really cool. And looking forward to the uh, streaming show that Cradle of Filth got coming up here. I mean, Devil's Night in a church. I mean, oh, my God, what could be better than that if we got to do Halloween from home this year? Oh, absolutely. Look, my whole family's involved in the management company. We're up at 5 a.m. We'll work till midnight. We've got 15 bands. My wife is a CEO. My uh, middle son is a manager of several bands and my assistant on everything. We handle some big, big acts. And Cradle of Filth is one of them. Ginger. Uh, I mean, I could go on and on. The 69 Eyes, Wednesday 13, this Devil Driver. Anastasia actually manages Devil Driver. I'm just the singer in that band. You know, don't ask me to make a decision there. It's her go. But I think the Cradle stream is going to be incredible. People should go to CradleofFilth.com and check that out because it's coming from a place called Colchester uh, on October 30th, and it's going to be in a church. So yeah, it's going to be insane. And last night, I was on the phone last night, Mike, until about 1130 talking to the guys over there um, in England uh, because they were just getting up bright and early in the morning. And we're bringing in so much fire into that church. I said, oh God, I hope you know, I hope everything's okay inside spiritually, you know, <laughs> because it's going to be incredible. So, and they're one of my favorite bands. People, A lot of people don't know this, but it's an honor, first of all, for us to manage such an act, such a long time act. But Anastasia and I had our first kiss to Cradle of Filth in LA. So, uh. you know, listening to Cradle of Filth. So it's a it's a big deal for us to be have that brand uh, and be trusted with that, and we take it very seriously. I love it, man. Definitely looking forward to that event and want to get the word out. And you know, speaking of of your businesses outside of uh, Devil Driver, and wanted to talk about your your bromance with your Sun Colt partner and Randy Bly of Lamb of God, and how that came together, and what's going on with that brand, and what's happening in the uh, Sun Colt world. Look, I mean, Randy and I have always been like-minded, like very down-to-earth guy. We're both the same kind of singer guys. We don't like cats with ego. We both come from a punk rock background. I'm a very, like, punk rock gothic kid that found metal just because I found Motorhead, and I like it vicious. Otherwise, that's where I, you know, where I uh, where I come from. We met on the road. We've toured together many of times. And what happened uh, is he ended up posting something about him wanting to start surfing. And look, I've been in the water since I was six. We're born and raised in California. I said, hey, come out here, you know, let's let's go surfing i'll teach you some stuff or you know let's go do it i've got a ton of boards he came out and he ended up staying two weeks in the house uh as a matter of fact when my kid moved out we turned that room into randy's room and put ours on the towels for him and stuff so when he comes into town and, and finally i said look me and my my family have this thing sun cult you can go to 
suncult.com or check us out on Instagram, suncult official. And um, I said, we got a company. It's a surf skate company. We're doing our own thing. We're making boards. We're making skateboards. We're making all kinds of stuff. And after he kept coming by the house and kept coming surfing with us and hanging with my kids and hanging with my family, I finally said to him one night, hey, man, want to be a partner in the company? And he's like, uh, I guess. And I said, look, man, honestly, you want to? And he goes, I definitely do. I love this stuff. And uh, he's been riding Sun Cult boards and wearing Sun Cult on stage. When he went out with Slayer, he wore that shirt every single night, the Sun Cult shirt. So, you know, it's a it's a definite family affair for Sun Cult. And we've just gone to some pretty big buyers now that look like they're getting ready to pick it up. So it's getting ready to launch. And I'm, I'm glad to see it, man. It's been three years in the making. It just came from me and my wife sitting on the beach going, hey, nobody makes the boards we want. Nobody has anything really edgy like we like. And we just started creating with one or two t-shirts and one, one or two surfboards. And now it's gone into a, a whole line and buyers. And, you know, we've done deals with uh, John Putnam, who places your stuff in stores and stuff. It's incredible to see what that's happening with that brand. I love it, man. Love hearing about it. And and obviously you do the surfing and do the skating too, right? I'm, I'm scared to hell to get back on a skateboard after all these years. What do you think? I mean, I don't know. I got the mentality of a 20 year old, right? I mean, so like, here's the thing. If I get, if I go on stage and, and you want to take it to me and, and you do, I'm quitting. And if I can't bomb a hill, I'm done. So <laughs> like, you know, a couple of days ago, I was bombing a hill that my wife was like, you know, even my kids were like, you know, dad, what's up? But I have that thing in me that drives hard and that loves to, you know, loves to take it to the edge. I mean, here's a real funny, like quick story. We bought these e-bikes, a whole family, and you know, we're full on, you know, helmets and chest pads and everything else, right? And that thing does 35 miles an hour dirt bikes actually and we're riding those things and next thing you know like I'm you know I'm laying on the floor in a fetal in a fetal uh, position <laughs> went over the handlebars with my kid standing over me going dad you okay you were bombing that hill insane so like she kind of said hey whoa for a minute you know but I kind of like to go for it it's in my personality it always has been love it last couple things for you man I appreciate all the time you had mentioned earlier I wanted to shine a light you mentioned not being able to tour roadies at home and crew not at home and wanted to shine a light a little bit on the roadies. And I know Live Nation has the roadie strong and there's a couple other different charities out there. So I thought, what's a good roadie story from you? Do you have one roadie story from back in the day where they saved a concert or saved you from somebody or anything like that? What's a good roadie story from Des after all these years of touring? I do have so many roadie stories. I don't know, like, I don't know where to go from there. Like, you know, the, the guys that, you know, keep somebody crazy from coming backstage or the guy that, you know, saves the show by knowing how to fix that amp, like in the middle of the show. So we only got to stop two or three minutes and he actually, he does it when he doesn't even think he could, or, you know, uh, that drum tech that sets up the, the drums outside in 140 degree weather. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I, I got so many stories. The <laughs> bottom line is I've always been a guy who hung out with my crew. I come from a blue collar working class background. I was on the job site. My, 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 my stepfather was a contractor. I was working all my life. I'm kind of the guy who hangs with the crew, not sits in the back lounge of my tour bus and like, you know, oh, you guys go do your thing. So my story about crew would just be like, I would not be here without crew. You know, and a, 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 a tour bus is very much a pirate ship. It needs a leader and I'm glad to be there. But if everybody's not, uh, doesn't have camaraderie and if everybody's not working well together, it doesn't run smoothly. It doesn't work well. And I've just been blessed to have a lot of crew guys who would die for me and I would die for them. And that's how it should be, you know. But then again, brother, you got to understand, I was raised around bikers and cops. <laughs> and so, like, I know who I know who both of those guys are, right? So, if you got a patch, hey, I know who you are. If, if You know, if you're an officer, hey, I know who you are. And th those kind of crew guys often have that kind of a mentality as well, you know. 
They never step on their word. They never step on loyalty. Uh, they always come in like they're the ship. You know, even if there's another tour bus behind them with other crew, it's like, you know, the crews are often like not battling, but I want to say, you know, at edge with each other. It's kind of, it's a really cool thing to see, man. Yeah, I love I love that whole world and, and uh, certainly want to shine a light on it. Those guys right now, you know, absolutely zero work, zero income. So I always want to take a moment. I mean, I don't think, I mean, nobody has, you know, everybody's out of work. Everybody has zero income. I think if you can help, and this is just because I'm a Freemason and uh, Lodge 542 in North Hollywood, I, I will say this, like it, it's in my heart to do charity work and to help out. So if you're listening to this and you can help somebody, I mean, it may be your neighbor next door and you, you know they haven't been working. Like next time you go to the grocery store, man, pick up 25 or 50 bucks worth of groceries. You know what I mean? It may be the guy in the corner with a sign going, help, I'm out of work. Like give that guy five bucks. And if you don't have it, give him 250, you know? And that's just really what we should all be about at this time. We've got to come together. There's too much, too many things in this nation dividing us and it should stop. We should stop dividing ourselves right now. We should come together. We should band together. We should find a common ground in not only the love of humanity, but the love of democracy and the love of America. I love it, man. Last question for you, Des. Help me settle a household debate. Me and my wife have been debating this one, and I'm, I'm pretty sure you got an opinion on it. You're in Nine Inch Nails. For- don't get me, don't get me in trouble, Mike. <laughs> no, no, no. This is it's going to be music based. But uh, you're a Nine oh, Inch Nails okay. fan. You're a fan of Nine Inch Nails, right? Oh God! I mean, really, who isn't? It's the person sitting next to me that says they're not that I question. <laughs> All right, so here's here's the question then: the, the debate. Pretty Hate Machine versus Downward Spiral. You gotta, you gotta pick one. What's your number one out of those two? You know, and I'll say this knowing full well because Anastasia is uh, good friends with his wife, Mari Queen, and they talk all the time. I will say Pretty Hate Machine. So I know this will get back to him, you know. But I think Downward Spiral is also, and the videos that came along with it, absolutely groundbreaking. I mean, that band is absolutely groundbreaking. And there's so many bands that have ripped them off. They started their own thing fully, and now people have gone on to, you know, they've gone on to inspire all sorts of other bands to, to have that sound. Not only that, Trent Reznor, right? Great guy, Mary great family guy several kids the guy loves to go to Disneyland all the time which how do you you know how do you take that away from a cat you know and he's sober as well so I look up to him you know we all kind of we all kind of go that route after being in this industry so long only because we want to keep going and we've already you know I've already chugged the fifth of, of, J- of Jack Daniels you know at eight in the morning over a taco you know what I mean on the right, road so right. but I really look up to that cat man and and it's good to see him around and doing his thing and he's healthy he's happy it's amazing so yeah yeah, I will choose Pretty Hate Machine. Wow. Okay, so you're siding with the wife on that one. I'm, I lean a little bit more downward spiral because I think it's got a little bit more uh, textures and a little bit more of a, a soundscape to it where I think Pretty Hate Machine is groundbreaking, but it's all kind of in the same lane, so to speak. I mean, I'll tell you what I think, you know, Downward Spiral is like this growth. It's an immense growth, don't get me wrong, from Pretty Hate Machine. But Pretty Hate Machine has this raw guy in his recording in his bathroom or his house kind of feel like like he just, you can feel that he wants to get out of wherever he's at and he wants to get in the scene and he wants to make people know who he is. You can feel the, the authenticity from that record, from his voice, from the musicians themselves. So, uh, And funny enough, we were listening to, uh, was it Pretty Hate Machine yesterday? Yeah, it was Pretty Hate Machine. We were listening to it yesterday. So odd you would ask that. <laughs> Appreciate it, man. Thank you so much. And good question, especially about Nine Inch Nails, man. One of my favorite bands. Hey, have a great summer. Have a great rest of the summer. And I wish everybody the best. Uh, let's get rid of 2020. I'm looking forward to Christmas. Let's hit 2021, shall we? Yeah, hell yeah. Turn the page. I'm in it. Love you, man. Thank you so much. Have a great one. Love you, brother. Thanks. Take care. Bye-bye.
Dude, you rock. Thanks for checking out the entire podcast. Now do me a favor and subscribe to it. Radioactive Mike Z, available on all the major platforms. And while you're at it, follow me on Instagram at MikeZ967, and I'll follow you back, bro. Most importantly, don't miss the show, Wired in the Empire, every Saturday night, 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on 96.7 KCAL Rocks.